1: The final day of No Loss November. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy who is petitioning for 24-7 access to the BYU private jet, Jerem Jordan.
2: Yes, I am, and I'm losing my voice as well. Uh, Lincoln Riley's USC contract, incredible. Um, according to Robert Hefner V, I don't know if this is even credible, uh, 100, but this tweet is incredible. Uh, Lincoln Riley, 110 mil. USC's buying both his houses in Norman for $500,000 over asking price. <laughs> buying a, they're buying a $6 million home in L.A. for him. And he has unlimited use of the private jet 24-7 for his family.
1: Does anybody have any other questions about why Lincoln Riley decided to leave Norman and go to Los Angeles and coach USC? I think that pretty much outlines it.
2: Yeah, everyone can be bought. You know what I'm saying?
1: Two homes in Norman... 500,000 over asking on both of them. So essentially a $1 million bonus well, on top of a $110 million contract.
2: Well, that 500 over asking is what Utah County uh, housing is like <laughs> right now, too. So, yeah.
1: That's VIP treatment. Oh my gosh. And we have a VIP show lineup for you the college football playoff rankings. What has to happen for BYU tonight? Speaking of Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma. They're out of it, it would seem. Does BYU jump the Sooners? Is that part of why he bolted for USC? Will the Cougars indeed climb into the top 12? Plus, who else needs to win for BYU's best New Year's Six shot? We will outline all of it. Blaine Fowler, dual threat analyst, will join us to discuss that and some BYU basketball. And how about Tegan Graham of 21st-ranked BYU women's basketball, the New Zealand star on how the Cougars got it done in back-to-back ranked wins. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines.
2: NFL Network reporter Ian Rapport says, Taysom Hill is taking first-team reps in practice ahead of the Cowboys uh, game You know, this week, Thursday night. Hill has been battling a foot injury recently. If healthy, it appears he could start. That's awesome. Go
1: Taysom. Okay, this is what we were talking about yep. a few weeks ago. Yep. Why isn't he starting? Give him a shot. Give and him it looks like shot. they will. Yeah. BYU offensive tackle Campbell Barrington. Campbell Barrington has been named to the Maxwell Football Club Freshman All-American team. One of 37 players on that Maxwell Football Club, Sean Alexander, Freshman of the Year watch list. Outstanding for Campbell Barrington.
2: Women's Hoops jumps into the AP poll at number 21. Uh, Awesome. Cougars play at Utah Saturday night. And Shaley Gonzalez is the West Coast Conference Player of the Week And ESPN. I sound terrible. National Player of the Week after three wins, including two versus ranked opponents. Gonzalez has the game-winning free throws versus West Virginia with 3.1 seconds left in the game. This team is awesome, led by Shayley Gonzalez. Absolutely.
1: I think you sound sultry. Don't do, be so hard on yourself. I do not, but thank you. Trust me, if there's somebody that understands a messed up voice and health situation for the last, I don't know, half a year, I got you, Half a year. (laughs) Fourth-ranked and 11th-seeded BYU women's volleyball dominating the West Coast Conference yearly awards. Heather Olmsted, named Coach of the Year. Kenzie Kerber, Player of the Year. Whitney Bauer, Setter of the Year. Second consecutive year, she's won that. Taylin Ballard-Nixon, Bauer. Kennedy Eschenberg, Heather Nighting and Kerber, all selected to the 16-member All-WCC First Team, Aaron Livingston on the second team, and Maddie Allen was named honorable mention. Is there anybody that didn't win an award on the BYU women's volleyball team?
2: Yeah, what in the world? That's crazy, man. Uh, Ashley Hatch scores again for the United States in the second friendly versus Australia down under. who's was in the fourth minute, so not as fast as 24 seconds, but still awesome. Yeah, what are you doing, Ashley? Yeah, game finished at a, in a 1-1 tie, but Ashley Hatch crushing it, man.
1: Connor Mance and Whitney Orton, also crushing. Named men's and women's NCAA National Athletes of the Year in cross-country and track and field. They're the first teammates to sweep NCAA national titles since 1988. Outstanding. How about Whitney doing in her final race? Connor going back-to-back. Love it. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending.
0: You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports News.
1: The penultimate college football playoff ranking in the 2021 college football season.
0: I want you all to
1: think about the following fact for a moment. Dating back to late, or, or I should say early November of last year, BYU football has been in every single college football playoff ranking. That's exciting. That before never being in the college football playoff ranking from 2014 until they jumped in in 2020. But here we are. The Cougars expected to make maybe a jump tonight. Will they climb from number 13 to number 12? Let's discuss. Jerem, what needs to happen tonight and this weekend in the college football playoff rankings to keep hope alive for BYU's New Year's Six pipe dream, if you will?
2: Yeah, obviously, uh, there's got to be some stuff. We've talked about it. In fact, why don't you outline it? And then I'll talk about sort of the danger of the teams behind BYU that we haven't talked about as much that it's like, oh, well, hopefully this team and this team wins too.
1: Okay. First and foremost, and we alluded to this already, BYU needs to jump Oklahoma in tonight's ranking, meaning the Cougars have to go from 13 to 12. And here's why I think that will happen.
2: Because Oklahoma lost.
1: Oklahoma lost, yes. Yes. But Lincoln-Riley is gone. The juice on the Sooners is really low. Stock is low. So while they are, yes, a name-brand program, your head coach is headed out of town, and you just lost to Oklahoma State, second loss on the resume. They have the same number of losses as BYU. And the committees never liked Oklahoma in the first place. They never bought into what their resume looked like. So I anticipate the BYU will be number 12. That is significant because we all pointed to number 12 as kind of the uh, de facto cutoff line if you're really going to be considered for a New Year's Six bowl game.
2: Oklahoma lost. Therefore, they're going to fall a few spots. Even if Lincoln Riley's there, they were going to fall, I think, behind BYU. Number
1: 10, but they lost to number 7. Yeah. So, would they only drop two spots and leave BYU
2: at 13? What have you done for me lately? I just think they were going to drop regardless. They lost. See ya. Bye.
1: Okay. So, Oklahoma, we think, will be down. BYU and everybody else ahead of the Cougars. Uh, Michigan State, Oregon... Specifically, we'll jump up one spot and then... Uh, it doesn't really matter what happens in the top five, per se. It does matter what the top five do in their championship games this weekend. So just watch for BYU to jump Oklahoma. That's first and foremost. Then how about the teams to root for this week, Jerem, starting with Cincinnati against Houston. BYU needs Cincinnati to win out, stay undefeated, and stay in that top four yeah. so the Bearcats don't fall down and take another at-large spot away, which would essentially end any hope that BYU has. they got to beat Houston.
2: Yeah, since he's in a— in the New Year Six, and not in if they're in a uh, you know New Year's Six game, and not in the playoff, they taken that large spot. Secondly,
1: everybody that likes BYU roots for BYU needs to become a huge Oklahoma State fan this week against Baylor. And I know some of you are saying, "Well, wait, Baylor beat BYU, and so doesn't it make BYU look better if Baylor keeps on winning?" Not necessarily for the New Year's Six chances. If Baylor keeps on winning, then they're going to keep BYU out of a New Year's Six bowl game, likely the Fiesta if it happens. So root for Oklahoma State, the more convincingly the better, to beat Baylor so that BYU could then jump Baylor, who would have three losses, including two losses to Oklahoma State, and then sneak in as maybe the final at large.
2: Yeah, root for the one-loss team, not the two-loss team. So the one-loss team's even better, and the three-loss team's even worse.
1: Okay, we're not done yet. And this is where it gets kind of tricky. Alabama and Georgia are going to play for the SEC championship. We think Georgia's going to win that game. But everyone does. if Alabama wins that game, that would assure that the SEC gets two teams
2: into the college football playoff, you would think. Which means Ole Miss goes to the Sugar. Correct. It's not an at-large. So that's what we want. So,
1: if Alabama drops out of the top four, then Alabama becomes the SEC team that goes to the Sugar Bowl.
2: And then Ole Miss is an at large.
1: Taking it away from BYU. Yep. Next. Okay. Don't want that. Next, number two, Michigan against number 14, Iowa. BYU needs chalk to hold here in Michigan to win the Big Ten championship so the Wolverines stay in the top four. And that team, as you were talking about, Jerem, behind BYU, doesn't come up and steal a bid from the Cougars.
2: That's – Iowa. if Iowa beats Michigan, Iowa will jump ahead of BYU, I believe, because they'd have, you could argue, unless Alabama beats Georgia, the best win in college football this year because it'd be number two and it'd be this late, mm. Right. So, Iowa's not going to the playoff, but Iowa would go to the Rose. Yes. Right. And then all of a sudden, Michigan is the next best Big Ten team who's an at large team at that point. And now Ohio State might even get in, right? Another at large spot. So uh, then Michigan State's on the outs, right? Like Outback Bowl or something. So, yeah, you need some stuff to be chucky. The other one is uh, Utah. I think that if Utah, like if Utah blew out Oregon again, mm-hmm. there is danger of the Utes flying up um, the board. Uh, I don't know if they'd pass BYU, but they might make it uncomfortable, right? Um, to where they've played really well down the stretch. Yes, they have three losses, but they BYU having a bye this week, not play, like not playing in a title game. There's risk of losing and looking uh, being exposed, right? But there's also the opportunity to win and look even better like Notre Dame's might not be in the playoff because they're not playing anybody this week, right? If Notre Dame was in a league and they beat somebody and won, like they helped their cause. You can hurt your cause too. If you can't help or hurt its cause, it just kind of has to watch.
1: Utah is an interesting case. How will the committee, if the Utes beat the Ducks again and are going to the Rose Bowl and – Finished with three losses, but a head-to-head loss to a two-loss BYU. I I do not know how they would justify putting Utah above BYU in any way.
2: Yeah, would. I'm not saying they will, but I'm saying they might be, like, in the mix, which I think all of us are like, ew, okay. BYU <laughs> beat Utah and we're good, you know? <laughs> the feel-goods. Well, like, think of it from the Utah perspective, which we never do here, uh, and why would we, is they've always thought, would we sacrifice a loss to BYU for the Rose Bowl? They absolutely And this would. year— that might be the case, right? They're one game away. But Utah has shown that they haven't won the game that mattered yet. Like, in the in the awesome history of Utah football the last 10 years, they haven't won the big game. Well, hey, we blew out Oregon a couple weeks ago. Okay, but if you don't win this week, you don't go to the Rose. This is, this is a huge game for Utah this week. So go Ducks. Go Ducks.
1: Yeah, and I know that some of you are thinking, well, wait, Oregon's ranked ahead of BYU, so don't we need – Utah to beat matter. Oregon yeah. to make BYU look better? And the answer is no because that matter. team is going to take the Rose Bowl spot regardless and whether BYU is number 11 or number 10 the same number of at large pops possibilities would remain for BYU whether they're number 10 or number 11. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't
2: matter at all. Okay? Yeah.
1: So let's recap. Ideal scenario. BYU they did their part to win out and finish 10 and 2. Yeah. Finish ranked in the top 11. Okay. Cincinnati makes the playoff, opening up a spot, an at-large spot in the Peach Bowl. Baylor loses in the Big 12 game. More lopsided, the better to Oklahoma State. And then the Bears finish with three losses. Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC title game. Both teams make the college football playoff. And Michigan wins the Big 10, and they make the college football playoff. Now, if the majority of those things, if all of those things happen, okay, a scenario like this could unfold in the projected college football final rankings Georgia number one Michigan number two Alabama number three Cincinnati number four so there's your college football playoff since he would play Georgia Michigan would play Alabama
2: you think Alabama would be three if they beat Georgia well
1: I mean they could jump up to number two I don't know
2: I think they'd be two even with two losses because they'd have the best win in college football at that point doesn't really matter
1: w- because they would still play Michigan the two three game and but Georgia
2: would stay at one with the loss yes
1: I just think that they've done so much that they deserve the number one spot overall. Alabama typically, lost to Texas
2: A&M. Typically, you lose, you, you get off, even if, yeah. yeah. What, like, would, would they put Michigan, who has the same amount of losses in there, at one? It's no, because
1: they want to avoid a Georgia-Alabama. Cincinnati's number
2: one and undefeated.
1: You know, <laughs> the committee is going to avoid a Georgia-Alabama rematch in the right. first round of the playoff.
2: I think so, yeah. So
1: that's why I think Alabama will be two or three. And Georgia stays number one.
2: Since he would feel like it should be one at that point. If as the undefe- only if undefeated, undefeated team? Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: At number five, Oklahoma State. Now, this is significant. Oklahoma State obviously feels like, hey, what if Georgia blows out Alabama? Maybe we can sneak in as the fourth team in the college football playoff. Now, if that happens, then that's trouble for BYU too. Because then Alabama falls and takes an at-large spot, thus pushing Ole Miss down, sorry. Alabama takes the Sugar Bowl. Ole Miss goes down to an at-large, and yeah. bye-bye New Year's Six hopes for BYU.
2: You'd put Ohio State over Notre Dame with two losses. Notre Dame has one loss. Yes, I w- I would think they'd put Notre Dame ahead of Ohio State there with the uh, one fewer loss. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. It I, th- depends. I, th- I, th- I think Ohio State will be like in the seven to nine range.
1: It depends how how much. Do they value what Ohio State did to Michigan State and everybody else before they
2: lost to Michigan on the road? And you have Oregon winning, so they stay at Number 10. up in 10? Yes. Yeah, interesting. I wonder if they'd f- go above Michigan State as a P5 champ. Oh, man. Oregon lost to Stanford, and they got blown out by Utah. I just don't
1: think their resume is strong enough to upend Michigan State.
2: But again, all four. All for, it would have had a nice win late. Speculation. Yeah, Michigan State's just sitting there.
1: The point is, BYU needs to for sure stay in the top 12, get to number 11. If they do that, then maybe they get into the Fiesta Bowl and maybe they have a matchup with a team like Michigan State.
2: The uncomfortable truth is, BYU uh, needed to just have the one loss and actually had a shot here. I always believed that it was undefeated or bust. That's not true. This year it was one loss. Would have put BYU I think in a pretty comfortable at-large position. So Uh, let's look at the Boise State game and cry about it because that was hard. Baylor is a tip-your-cap. They were just better, and they're going to be better most days. Baylor's really good. They may be the Big 12 champs, but Boise State, that's a tough loss, man. That's a really tough loss in hindsight.
1: It's amazing that BYU has two losses and are still in the conversation. Which
2: is fun. In the end, that's all it's going to be, unfortunately.
1: (sighs) We'll see. I mean, we laid out the ideal scenario. We'll see if it happens. There were too many scenarios. (laughs) Four teams to root for this weekend. Our question of the day. Are you still scoreboard watching, hoping for a BYU New Year 6 possibility? Let's go to Voice of the Nation.
0: This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation.
1: At JFloyd314 on Twitter. Answers, until I see a college football playoff poll released that mathematically eliminates BYU. Heck yes, I'm watching Blue Goggles firmly in place hashtag #BYUSN
2: Yeah, it's not good if the blue goggles are on cuz it typically means that's not reality, right? <laughs> Coming up. The whole
1: season kind of has been a blue goggled
2: season. It has though. been awesome, yeah. So you don't need them on. It happened. Coming up, who's the best BYU athlete in the pros right now? Oh, it's so mysterious. College ball playoff.
1: Blaine Fowler joins us to discuss what he wants out of a bowl game if it's not a New Year's Six game. This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: Money. Or location, opponent. BYU Sports Nation is presented by The BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It's the season finale
2: of After Further Review. Join Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon as they review the win over USC. AFR is available tonight on the BYU TV app at 7 Eastern. Now, it's the season finale. Does that mean someone has to be eliminated? Like, going, like, what's the drama going into next season?
1: That's a great question. We should have figured this out before now.
2: You think someone dies and they don't? Like, what (laughs) happens tonight? I'm interested to see what
1: happens. (laughs) We're live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Joining us now in the studio, Bizzle, is our dual-threat analyst, Uncle B, Blaine Fowler, a national champion, all-around good man. You
2: won the national championship. That's pretty cool, man.
3: I feel lower than you guys today. Am I lower than you guys your, Here, payche- I'm, I'm trying your
2: paycheck's to, not lower. Slouch a little bit, <laughs> so you don't. Yeah, there you go. Wait. Okay. I feel
1: better. You feel better. I just, I want to be on your level. Equal. I want to be on your level. Blame. No, <laughs> you it has
2: nothing to do with you. I just want to be on your level. I want to be on your level. <laughs> <laughs> your level. Good gosh. So yeah. I feel better now. Fantastic.
1: <laughs> we just outlined what we think is going to happen in the New Year's Six rankings tonight, as far as it pertains to BYU. We think the Cougars are going to come in at number twelve and jump Oklahoma who just lost their head coach and shot at the Big 12 title of losing to Oklahoma State.
2: Shot at the SEC title in a couple of years, too.
1: Hey, Blaine, is, is there any reason to believe that BYU would not jump at least one spot and be number 12 tonight? I, I believe
3: they'll be 12 tonight. I, you know, whenever we get to the end of the week, I go and look at every single projection from every national pundit to, to see and that we have to only give that so much weight. Because remember, these are the same people that said that the over-under for BYU was 6.5 games to win this year. So although there, did? There's a lot no all of all of the Oh you're saying the national the pundits. Like so I'm talking about Sports Illustrated and CBS sports and yep. ESPN, and all of these, you know, yep. you go look and just see what they're thinking. And so then then I, I have to remind myself that, oh yeah, these are the same people that said BYU was going to win six and a half games this year. Although I do think there's a lot more believers. And um almost everybody has them at, at twelve. Uh, tonight, which which I think is is where they're going to be. Then the big question is: is that enough to get them into a new year six with ten wins and and being at number twelve? I, I saw as you were outlining um, a scenario where they get to eleven. At this point, every single spot makes a makes a difference. So eleven yes. is a big difference yes. from twelve now. Yep. yep. Right. Then then they don't have. I see a lot of these that have the the number two team in the ACC in instead of BYU with the an number two ACC team. Yeah, no, no. like like which is like come on, it's champ only, right? So come on, like why why are you even doing that? There's some East Coast bias in some of these. You don't
2: understand how it works if right. you think the ACC number two, is right, going, or Pac twelve number two, exactly. No. And so,
3: but there are some, and I'm just going. What are these people like? And these are national national writers. And I'm going, come on. Like that's not happening, right? I
2: tried to outline this thanks to Spencer, you know, on his near six soapbox of like what what bowls are attached to what conferences. Right. And what are at large, right? It's Peach and Fiesta. There are four at large spots. Notre Dame's getting one, A C C champs getting one, and then probably Big Ten Three is getting yep, one. Michigan yeah, Michigan State. Oh yeah. And and maybe Big Twelve Two, like Th- yeah, that's depending the, that, on what right, happens with right, Oklahoma State right. and Baylor, that, that's it, the trouble is Big 10 3 and Big 12 2. You
3: know. my, my favorite um, one that I looked at this weekend was Sports Illustrated because they had BYU in the Peach Bowl, which was so they're my favorite, not even yes, Peach. they're my favorite right now. So, um, yeah, and and so I think that that your scenario is very legitimate. Scenario that's a, that's a great possibility, um, that they get to 11 in the final ranking, and if, if they get to 11. Man, shot, you'd, man, you'd have a lot of excuses to be making as a committee to not put BYU in yes. when they're at 11 with a 10 and 2 record, um, and having beaten either the well, first of all, Pac 12 South champion, but possibly in the Pac 12 and probably the Pac 12 champion, right? Probably, yeah. And and the second best team in the South, and the third best team in the South, and the second best team in the North, and 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 so, and I know one of
2: the problems is is that the Pac 12
3: devaluated itself a little bit, which hurts BYU.
2: Yes, this will be what the Big 12 becomes, by the way. Right. No great team, but a bunch of very good teams. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: So I I, I think... There's a legit shot. Like I don't think th- like three weeks ago we're going, man. You it's a, a long, legit shot? long, long shot. I don't think it's quite as long as we think because the scenario that you laid out is not a crazy scenario for them right. to get to eleven. Okay. At, at twelve, I still think it's you know there's there's too much margin for error for me to be really, really confident. But I think there's a legitimate shot that exactly the scenario you talk about happens, and they get to eleven. If they get to eleven, now now I think there's a it's a legit shot.
1: Now, the one thing that I did not mention in the opening block that is still out there is if BYU is number 12, let's say Baylor loses to Oklahoma State but didn't drop below BYU because head-to-head or whatever. At that point, the committee has done their job, but the bowl committees can take who they want. Right, right. So they could say, look, I know Baylor's 11 and BYU's 12, but Baylor has three losses. They just lost in the Big 12 championship game. We know that BYU brings the heat in Phoenix, and they're going to sell a ton of tickets.
2: The heat in Phoenix. I like that. Mm,
1: we're going to go with BYU. They have that'd be that nice. opportunity.
2: They that, could. That'd be they nice. Could. And it'd yeah. be a return from 74 for BYU. It'd be the one game we wanted and That would be really get, fun. Right? Yeah. Um, it'd be the 2014 game we were hoping for. Sure. That, that would be amazing. And I know
1: some people think, well, BYU's not a Power 5 school. They're not going to want to take the money away from the Power 5. But is going to the Big 12, so does that ideology kind of go away. I think it it changes the mentality. I agree.
3: I think the whole discussion about BYU this year, from the time the Big 12 was announced, all of a sudden BYU got treated differently. They're not even in yet, but I feel like on a national basis, and I feel like the committee, what they were telling us last year, we didn't like. BYU didn't play anybody. They didn't play any P5s, Right. The committee has kind of put their money where their mouth is this year. They've rewarded BYU for playing seven P5s. Yes. And and for being 6-1 and and for being 5-0 and against the Pac-12. We'll see if they reward them again tonight for being 5-0 against the Pac-12 and move them up to 12. So far, the, the committee has been consistent. The very things that we were upset with them about last year, they, they – they've put up this year. They've said they've said, it up. They've yep. said listen, yep. last year we didn't put you here because of this. This year the schedule is different. Um last year now we see it was not an aberration. I also think it helps and you think that these guys don't look this in depth. I think they do. The teams that BYU beat last year cuz you build one year onto the next, right? You stand on the shoulders of last year.
2: All of a sudden, like UTSA is really like eleven and one. Uh, San Diego State eleven and one. These schools,
3: right? The schools that BYU beat last year are really good this year. Yep. Again. Yep. And so, so they're going. Well, you know what? Maybe, maybe last year's eleven and one was better than we gave them credit for. Because look at these schools, and now they just proved it because they went out and played basically a P five schedule. They played schedule as if they were in in any well, not not like the SEC or the Big Ten, but hey. This schedule's as tough as anybody that played in the ACC. This schedule's as tough as anybody that play, played in the Pac-12. And yes. so I think that committee's giving them credit, and we'll see tonight if they do. And then, and then we'll see if Baylor loses in that, in that game to Oklahoma State, if BYU moves in front, a two-loss BYU team ahead of a three-loss Baylor team. I think they would, um, yes. based on what they've done so far this season.
2: That, that's a great point. And what we don't want to acknowledge is that Coastal was actually good, too. Like the one loss was to a team that was good. <laughs> yes. uh, they yeah, were really we good. I don't want to say it, but it's true. Okay, let's talk hoops. Uh is up to number 12, Blaine. They make this massive wow. jump from 18 to 12, highest ranking at this point of the season ever. How high can this team go right now? See, from a talent perspective, I think that that ranking's right. From
3: where they're at, um, and this is just from talking to Mark Pope, Mark Pope says, um, hey, we're good. This is a good basketball team. We have a ton of talent, but we're nowhere close to as good as we're going to be. Whoa! He he told me four games ago, give us five or six more games, and then I think we're going to have a chance to be who we're going to be. I was going, whoa, they're already really good because this is a team – that can win games when they're not shooting it well, uh, which which is a big difference because then you don't lose games you're not supposed to lose. You you go on the road and you play and you're not shooting it great, and but all of a sudden you lock a team down. B- BYU's phenomenal offensive rebounding and offensive rebounding. So they, when they're not making shots, they get second opportunities. They're they're really highly ranked in rebounding margin. Their assistive turnover rates, so like all the turnover ratios, top 25. And so all of the little things that you have to do to win when you're not shooting it well those things that San Diego State, for instance, is good at every single solitary year. Where we're usually like, "Hey, you know, BYU just needs to go score eighty-five points a game and shoot yep. great from three, and that's how they win." And then they have an off-shooting night and they lose on the road to a team they're not supposed to lose to. That's not this team. This team legitimately could go on the road, shoot terrible, and win. That happened <laughs> Saturday, that's different. right? Two threes, right? And so, and so, what what Mark saying is, offensively. um, they just need a little time. There's so many new pieces that guys are still a little bit hesitant. Like, well, wait a minute, is this my shot or is this not my shot? And if you're not shooting with confidence in rhythm, knowing this is my, like the the minute the ball's being either kicked out to you or coming on the swing to you, where you know as soon as I touch the ball, I'm shooting this. This is my shot in this offense. They're still not quite there yet with some of these guys. Foose is getting better every minute of every game, right? Um, uh, Tijan. Like he's almost there, but he's not as good as he's going to be yet because he still hesitates once in a while on whether or not it's his or not. He's dramatically better now than he was to start the season because he's understanding his role. And he and Alex are figuring out how to play together. Gavin Baxter's minutes are increasing. Wait till Gavin can play 28 minutes a game because mm-hmm. he's a force Great out there. Point. right? The floor, and Atiki, and, and he's going to get more and more minutes because he's going to understand defensive rotations and how he's supposed to defend the ball screens and because he's getting better. Every game, so there's a lot of young pieces. There's a lot of new pieces, and I'll tell you, guy, that I think before the season's over, we're gonna go, "Whoa, that guy's good," and right now we're going, "Oh, how good is he?" Is Seneca Knight because because mm-hmm. he's up, he's be in my opinion behind Lucas in understanding his role, but he's a crazy skilled player, right? And then some of the are good three point shooters. Trevinell's not quite shooting it the way I think he's gonna shoot it when he figures out how this team works offensively. Um, I love the way Spencer Johnson's playing. He's yep. figured out his role. Yep. That guy's playing at a really high level. Quite a lot of confidence. On both sides of the ball, right? We've always known he's a great defender. So I think 12's legit. Um, can they be higher than that? If this offense can come together the way I think it can and the way Mark Pope thinks it can to match. The little things they're doing, like rebounding the basketball and playing defense, and you know keeping teams down in terms of scoring, This is a really good team in scoring defense, right? Um, Fifty-nine. Yeah, a game. this this can be a legit top twelve basketball team all season long. Um, I think they have to shoot the ball better, especially from three, if they want to make noise in the NCAA tournament. But I, this, is, this is a very talented, maybe most athletic top to bottom basketball team BYU's had. Wow.
1: I mean, based on the ranking. The Cougars are pacing for a three or a four seed in the NCAA tournament. Which now we're talking about a sweet sixteen,
2: right? Right. If that's the case, man.
1: Yeah, great stuff from BYU basketball and football and everybody across the athletic department in no loss November. Did we ever figure out? Have any other programs? I don't know. Like it's crazy to me. All sports, no losses in
3: a whole month. I I don't. I can't recall. It'd be hard to know. Well, especially you know, and, and I would say November might be the hardest month to do that in, and the reason is. Basketball's in full swing. Football's still going. Women's basketball's in full swing. Soccer's still going. Soccer. In the NCAA right. so in tournament. Right. And you're, an and so you're late in the season, yes. right? And so football's late in the season. That's that. Is it a harder month of the year for a full athletic program in college to go without a single loss? I'm not sure that there is, and I, I'd be interested. We have to put our researchers on it. Has anybody else done that? We
2: need researchers to do we that. We need playing.
3: researchers
1: because we don't have the time. <laughs> so. We've got time to make banners and
2: stuff. Yes, we Twisters. do. <laughs> we have time to we have time to look at all the New Year's 6 stuff. And New Year's 6 stuff. But not that. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> playing thanks. Look forward to after further review tonight. Thanks, guys.
2: And BYU of U tomorrow. Let's go, baby. Coming up, Tegan Graham on being ranked number 21 in women's hoops at Utah this week, too.
1: One of eight ranked teams at BYU right now. Eight. Eight. Basically. And Taysom or Zach. Whose jersey are you wearing in a couple of weeks when those two former BYU quarterbacks square off?
0: This is BYU Sports Nation. Fred Warner. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management.
2: BYU basketball with Mark is tonight. Hanging out with Greg Rubel, Coach Pope. Cale Deloner, what's up? 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app to go with a big win against Utah and Utah Valley and Missouri State this week on the road.
1: He is Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton, and this is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show and get fabulous content throughout your day, follow us on all of the major social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Let's whip it! Cougar Whip Around, presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems.
2: And there are a lot of shipping problems yes, right now. There are. With Zach Wilson back with the Jets and Taysom, who expected to start this week for the Saints Thursday night, have you bought your flight to New York yet for next week's Taysom versus Zach game and whose jersey are you wearing?
1: You know, I legitimately thought about attending this game and flying out there, but I don't think I could wear a jersey. That. This is a really hard situation Don't because I ones. love both those guys. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. I'd probably wear a neutral color. I'd probably just wear black because both teams have black in their uniform combinations. Yeah, But I, I couldn't do it. Like, I thought about it a long time this morning. I'm like, Hoo-hoo. nope,
2: can't do it. Love them both. that would be fun to be at the game. I would never wear a non-Seahawks jersey. I would never do that.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I probably should not wear a non-Bengals jersey. Still waiting to debut my I, Joe Burrow jersey that I just recently got, too.
2: Joseph Burrow. Joe Joe Burrow. Go Bengals. Go Tigers. (laughs) Go.
1: Bengals and the Tiger. The Bengal Tiger.
2: The Bengal Tiger. There there you go. (laughs) Bengal.
1: (laughs) Brett McMurphy's latest bowl projections. Listen to this. Have BYU playing LSU. Speaking of Ed Orgeron and Joe Burrow. LSU in the Independence Bowl. What? Does that matchup against LSU make the Independence Bowl more palatable?
2: Uh, yeah. Infinitely, right? Like a good bowl of gumbo, uh, yeah. Uh, if that was the case. I wouldn't mind that at all because we'll discuss this in the next couple weeks, but, like, what do you want out of a bowl game? I want a great game. I don't really care where it's played or how much BYU even gets paid. Like, that's great for the athletic department, but f- from a fan's perspective, like, yeah, I just want a great matchup.
1: For those wondering, the Independence Bowl payout per team is $2.2 million. And I know a lot of people are
2: like, well, uh, if it's not the
1: Fiesta Bowl in Phoenix, why not the Guaranteed Rate Bowl? That's $1.6 million. So it's $600,000 less, but I guess a better location, and it would be a Big Ten opponent in that game. But if you get LSU Four in the Independence Bowl, man, that that would be hard to argue with. It would be really fun.
2: Yeah, LSU, that would be fun. It be kind of a
1: home game. Well, a de facto home
2: game for oh, yeah. LSU away in, in Shreveport. He calls it. Yeah. But, hey, ab-
1: absolutely, that would be exciting.
2: Texas held a basketball game against Sam Houston State in the 3,200-seat Gregory Gym. was available to students only. Should BYU do the same thing in the Smithfield House for The Rock for a men's basketball game?
1: Uh, you know, I, it's, it's fun to see these occasionally. And The Smithfield House hosted a women's basketball game a few years back, yeah. which I thought was cool. There's too much juice for BYU men's basketball right now. I don't, I don't want to exclude anybody.
2: Texas, <laughs> like, Texas has been in the top ten. They did it anyway. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I don't don't know know
1: if I I like that. Like, I'm I'm all about pack pack the Marriott Center, man. Uh, The students' students only thing is fun, maybe for like a blue-white game or like a Midnight Madness thing?
2: Well, Midnight Madness, no problem, right? But, yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to one game against a crappy team. Okay. Yeah.
1: So who's the said crappy team? Central Methodist.
2: (laughs) Central Methodist should have been that game. But at that game, there were like 14,000 people. It was incredible. So maybe not... By the way, men's volleyball played in the Marriott Center a few times. Yeah, like, get a big crowd. Set PNC record multiple times. They're never going to do that because it takes away the home court advantage of the Smithfield. It's a special, it's a place. unique. The spot. Fieldhouse
1: is a special place. Yeah. BYU women's basketball debuts at number twenty-one in Heck, the AP poll. Yeah. Their highest ranking ever, ever is number eighteen. That's shocking to me. Will BYU women's basketball surpass their highest ever ranking this season?
2: Oh, yes. In like two weeks. A week or two, okay? Because they're going to play teams that aren't necessarily ranked right now. Uh, you know, they're playing Utah. Beat Utah. No votes in the AP poll right now. Beat, Go and beat Utah. That's going to happen. Washington State, Oklahoma. These teams are getting votes, like a vote or two. BYU's better than all these teams. BYU's gonna go on a freaking roll right now. Go! This team's so good, they're so fun to watch. If you haven't been to a game or even watched them, you need to. Even if
1: BYU lost one of those three games, I think they've done enough right now to remain ranked and would still be in position to, at a later point in the WCC when they were rolling, still surpass that.
2: I think BYU's gonna have three or fewer losses in the regular season. I really do. Woo. I think BYU's that good. Man, they're,
1: well, like after what they team, did to St. Petersburg, it's hard to argue with that. This
2: team, Sweet 16 good. They are.
1: We've been saying it for a while. They
2: are. They might even do more. Who knows? But they're that good. I'm so excited to watch them, honestly. Really fun. Ashley Hatch scored two goals in two matches for the USA Women's National Team versus Australia. Just won the Golden Boot for the NWSL <laughs> champ, Washington Spirit. Is she the best PUA athlete in the pros right now?
1: Who's better than Ashley Hatch right now? Who's competing at the highest level with the U.S. national team?
2: It's hard to argue. And scoring goals. Like, number one player in a statistical category, champ, and scoring for the national team. I don't think there is anybody right now. No. Like, Uh, right this second, nobody. Like, Fred
1: Fred Warner's amazing, right? If Fred
2: Warner is all pro again and wins the Super Super Bowl, Bowl? the Niners might not even make a playoffs. Like, no, it's different.
1: Like, yeah, who who else qualifies for that?
2: Like Elijah Bryant was awesome, but like he wasn't, you know, scoring the most no. points for the Bucks. He wasn't kind of playing
1: thing. in the Olympics for Team USA.
2: Right. Brandon <laughs> Davies Ashley might
1: be playing in the Olympics at some point with Team USA. Not
2: even Brandon Davies can lead Uganda out of Africa. Like, think about the Olympics, these names, you know.
1: Abby Wambach, Carly Lloyd, yeah. like
2: Megan Rapid. That's
1: that's the senior team. That's the team Ashley Hatch is playing on right now.
2: Yes, and some of them aren't. Like Carly Lloyd retired, so she, she's not playing anymore. But yes, yes. No, it's incredible what she's doing. It's Ashley. She's as good as my voice is bad right now. It's so bad. You're just being too hard on yourself, <clears throat> man. You might need to take me off. Okay, <laughs> I, might, I might need to tap my helmet. <laughs> Coming up, ranked Pac-12 wins this season in Top 5 Tuesday. And much much uh, to the chagrin of all you (laughs) Utes watching or listening,
1: (laughs) one of those stars of BYU women's basketball, Teagan Graham is in studio B. How does she feel about the number twenty-one ranking? This is BYU Sports Nation.
2: Long live New Zealand.
0: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
2: On the latest Steve Blue Podcast, I talked with BYU Senior Associate Athletic Director Liz Darger about going from aspiring Utah State walk-on volleyball player to high school basketball coach to senior woman administrator at BYU who helped with NCAA Common Ground and was part of the group helped BYU into the Big 12. Listen to it on the BYU Radio app and where podcasts are found.
1: What Liz. has she even done, Jerem?
2: Liz is amazing. <laughs> she's, she's really, really influential in the athletics department. And if you don't know her, check out the uh, podcast.
1: You just laid out a pretty nice LinkedIn resume for her right there. Oh, yeah. She,
2: she's amazing. <laughs> Holy man. cow. Amazing.
1: Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. And uh, speaking of women that are performing at a high level. Uh, we are joined by one on the BYU women's basketball team, Tegan Graham of the 21st ranked Cougars. Tegan Coopers Graham's
2: legit. I Listen, <laughs> we need to have you on like every other week, I swear.
1: Tegan, can you stick around for a few more years and be like an eighth year BYU senior? I'm right. You I cool mean, at with this that?
4: Point, at this point, why not?
2: Is this your sixth year of college basketball? Yes. Okay, four at Colgate. Yep. Transfer. Yep. Now two at BYU due to COVID you got COVID, next year? Yeah. Okay,
4: yeah.
1: I've asked you this before, mm-hmm. and I know the answer, but for those that don't know, why did you pick BYU? After Colgate?
4: That's a really good question. Um, I just think the team was just, it's just a culture I wanted to be part of. Obviously, BYU sports in general is really, really good and really successful. Um, But, you know, I had a teammate in high school who played at BYU Chalet, and she was, you know, she had such a great experience, and she was like, you have to come here. And I was like, okay.
2: And there are several Kiwis on the team. Let's talk about it.
4: Yep. Yep. Ari and Kaylee, both both from New Zealand. We've got a strong Kiwi. Which Kiwi is bond. awesome.
2: Yeah, and you talked about <laughs> Shalay Salmon who played mm-hmm. here, uh, Kalani Purcell and others. Yep. What is it about New Zealand and BYU women's basketball? That's cool.
4: Yeah, I think it's just like everyone talks about the Kiwi pipeline, but I think it's real. Like I think, you know, people feel comfortable with, you know, people that they know talking about experiences that they've had, right? So that's, you know, f- coming from a small island, seeing people be successful and having a lot of fun and enjoying their experience, it's really hard to turn that down, right? So... I don't know. I hope I hope more Kiwis keep coming.
2: Where are you from in New Zealand?
4: Wellington, the capital. Wellington, yep.
2: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Obviously, people know I l- love New Zealand. A lot of that has to do with Lord of the Rings. A lot oh. of that has to do with the fact that I call <laughs> rugby games for the team here locally. You, you know, do? I yeah. didn't know that. It's super fun. So I, lo- I love rugby. You're a big rugby guy? I'm a huge rugby guy. I've never played the game. I just Respect. call it. Respect. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um... But yeah, what is it about sort of – and I think generally people love Kiwis. Like Mm -hmm. you guys are happy, you're in a good mood, you're smart. Like what is it about New Zealand that is uh, attractive to people?
4: I think we're just like – we're a small country. Um, We just have a lot of, you know, fun, like you said – good-hearted, loving people. I don't know. I think my country's pretty awesome. I think other people think my country's pretty awesome, and they want to be around people who are awesome.
2: I got to go to New Zealand. Oh, like, I was just thinking. I got to go to Hobbiton. When can <laughs> we go to... to New Zealand? All of that, yeah. I
4: mean, if you love Lord of the Rings. You, I have
2: to.
1: Go.
4: Like, they have toys and everything. Yep. You can yep. do the whole. Yep.
1: With technology, we can do BYU Sports World from New yes, Zealand. we can. Live from 100%. New Zealand. And,
2: and another part, I think, is obviously, like, Maori culture Mm -hmm. as well and like the respect of the haka and like how sacred and special that is too. So it's, it's pretty awesome. And it's like, you know, not everyone's Maori. who is New Zealand from New Zealand, obviously um, like yourself, but yeah, it's, it's cool. So how have you integrated sort of New Zealand culture into this team dynamic? Is there anything that like comes out that is helpful with this team?
4: Um, That's a really good question. I think honestly, just family, family. I mean, I feel like BYU has really good family values. But I feel like New Zealand's such a community culture, um, and I think that that hopefully has has been something that maybe the Kiwis can bring to bring to the team and bring to BYU a little bit more.
1: Now, in talking with the coaches in the offseason, we knew about Shaylee and what she's capable of and how smooth she is with the basketball. And Paisley's the ultimate competitor, yeah. and Lauren yeah. is an incredible rebounder. Beast. But they kept coming back to you saying, Aww. "Now Tegan has taken a significant step in the offseason. What did you do in the offseason? Because you were already a really good player, but now you're playing at an even better level. What did you do to get to this new level?
4: Um, I think I'm really competitive, and I think the team is really competitive, and we have a bunch of really good freshmen that just came in. So I think the level of play stepped up this summer. Um, You know, we have so many people that can play. Our our team is so deep. Um, And, like I said, I, I like to compete and, you know, get amongst it so I don't know I feel like that just raises the bar so much for everybody on the team right You just raise the level of of how we want to play and and you know how we want to win
2: your women's hoops get amongst it <laughs> um like you led the WCC in three-point shooting um and you continued that shooting you know 41 percent this year what is it about the three-point shot that is so successful for you
4: it's actually funny I didn't shoot threes in high school what <laughs> nope never. wow um, and then I came to America and I was like, I got to add something more to my bag. Um, and so I, I tore my ACL my freshman year and I just worked at my shop for that whole kind of nine months that I was out. Um, and then that kind of became my bag. That kind of became what I did. Um, I don't know. I think I, I have a lot of confidence. My team has a lot of confidence in me and shoot is shoot. So. Yes, they do. <laughs>
1: And when and you shoot, they go in. It goes
2: in, And you become a starter on this team. Obviously, role reversal, like Sarah gets to do some foul trouble sometimes to eliminate that. They're like, hey, let's put Tegan in there. Yeah. How has that dynamic changed things? Because now you guys are undefeated, 7-0, yeah. ranked in the top 25.
1: You're starting with a small lineup, yeah.
4: Yeah, we are actually. We have a pretty small lineup. I think, again, like it just comes back to how we play and how we compete. I think our team has a lot of confidence um, in everyone, right? Um, so I think whoever's on the floor – is doing the job, right? Clearly, we're 7-0. But yeah, it just, I think it just comes back to competing and, and we're really good at doing that.
1: Seven and zero back to back wins over top twenty five teams in Saint Petersburg. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you didn't have your head coach mm-hmm. because he unfortunately was out sick. But we are excited to uh, report that he should be back Wednesday to practice, yep. which is awesome. Tomorrow. Love you, Juddy. Well, you
2: can just dork around today. Yeah, the, uh, the teacher will be <laughs> back. Enj- Don't say that. He it. might listen enjoy to the this. Final practice <laughs> Le- with Le- Le- a the
1: substitute uh, Oh,
2: <laughs> I, I sound like Jeff right now.
4: You do. Are you doing this on purpose to I'm make me feel purpose. comfortable I, right now? I,
2: I can't, you know, I can't not do it. Shaylee! <laughs> Kaylee,
1: I mean Why Shaylee. are you so good at
4: that?
2: <laughs> We've practiced a lot here. We've practiced.
4: That's hey, so fun.
1: What's the difference between the interim head coach, Lee Kamard, who was with you over the last three wins, yep. and Jeff Jadkins?
4: Um, Both are amazing. I can't really. I mean, I mean, they're different. different coaches, right? They have different styles but Lee stepped up in a big way. I think Juddy, very proud. Um, but yeah, he's just, he's fun. Everybody loves Lee, everybody trusts Lee. They respect him and you know, he went out there and did the job.
1: Has Juddie ever called you the wrong name?
4: Who told you to ask me that question? <laughs> We've
2: been around here longer than you, we know.
4: <laughs> um, yes. What does he call you? Well, it's kind of funny. He gets me and Siggy mixed up a lot. Okay. Um, I mean, we do live together, and we hang out a lot, so that might be why. But he calls me Siggy a lot, and he calls her Teagan. But that's about <laughs> it. It's, I don't get it as much. There's definitely other players on the team that get the name thing a lot more sure. than I do. That's
1: sure, funny. Well, it's Shaylee.
4: Shay- Shayla! He he did call her Shalé. Shalé! Shillet a couple yeah. days ago, yeah. a couple weeks ago. <laughs>
1: That's we hilarious. love him so much. Yeah, all
4: and get uh,
1: fun right. He is he is hilarious. He's Congratulations yeah. on great success thus Thank far. You. We look forward much to success. many success. Yes,
2: yeah. at uh, Utah this week. Let's go BYU let's women's go. basketball. Saturday. Get amongst it.
1: let
4: exactly. Let's have a no loss December now. Oh, let's go.
1: I love uh, it. We love it. Tegan, let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma to keep it rolling. Okay, you come on the show. You help us out. We're gonna give you some karma. Let's you're, do that.
4: You're gonna shoot I believe the three in free well. energy. Yes. yes, I believe in that. Love it. Get the karma.
1: Roll with it. Let's go.
4: Awesome.
2: <laughs> Thanks, Keegan. We'll see you in two weeks. Again, we need you on the lot. Keegan, or is it? Uh... Did I say Keegan? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Now he's doing I'm the so jetty sorry. thing. He's doing I the jetty you did thing it on purpose. <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm sorry. Teegan. I, like, Tegan. I know it's Tegan. I'm that's sorry. That's well played. Teegan Graham, get amongst it, people. Get amongst it. Coming up today's rising shoutouts
1: and top five Tuesday ranks the. Five wins over the Pac-12. Why? Because
0: we can. This is BYU Sports Nation. Pac-12 This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by really Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America the official credit union of BYU Athletics.
2: 12th-ranked men's hoops. That sounds amazing. Plays at 6-1 Utah Valley, who has three overtime wins tomorrow. 8 Eastern radio coverage, 8.30 Eastern BYU TV coverage. Connor Harding, Colby Leifson, Blaze Neal back on BYU TV. BYU
1: Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Let's go to Top 5 Tuesday, presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. If you haven't heard, BYU football, a perfect 5-0 against Pac-12 competition this season. Thus the banner in Studio B and the t-shirts we had on yesterday. Let's look back at all five of those wins and rank them. Number five.
2: Arizona. BYU beat Arizona 24-16 in Vegas. It was awesome. On to number four. (laughs)
1: Following back-to-back losses, the only two losses of the season for BYU, Cougars had a big game traveling to Pullman and beating a good Washington State team, Tyler Algier, 21-19 victory. He had 191 yards and two touchdowns on the
2: ground. 32 carries. Number three, USC, that was last week. BYU pretty beat up, got it done, 35-31. Jackson McChesney, Caleb Hayes, Tyler Algier, Jaron Hall, all awesome, Pukunukua as well. BYU's first win of the season when losing the turnover margin, which means they really had to win the game. Minus two,
1: found a way. Found a way. At number two, following the 2-0 start, and a number 23 ranking. The Cougars hosted number 19, Arizona State, in front of another raucous crowd at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Play of the year happened as Tyler Algier chases down an intercepted pass, and the tomahawk punch happens. So good. Incredible. BYU's first win this season, uh, rather uh, third win this season overall, number two in this list.
2: Number one, Utah. Any question, this would be the win. BYU beat then 21st ranked Utah 26-17. Ended the nine game losing streak. It was the day after BYU was invited to the Big 12. It was the greatest weekend in the history of BYU athletics. Cougars ended the streak and have the bragging rights, which has triggered the Utah fan base this entire season.
1: (laughs) And the Utes got to sit on that loss for a couple of more years.
2: And they're very happy about it. As you can tell from the 100 replies to my picture of the banner from yesterday on Twitter.
1: Our question of the day. Are you still scoreboard watching, hoping for a BYU New Year Six possibility? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at Quinlan Hagland. Quin. Keep saying, Spencer Linton and Jermdor keep saying we have a chance, so how could I not be scoreboard
2: watching? Yeah, once I jumped on board, then it felt like there was, you know, it was real. Cause <laughs> oh. It, was, it was like, oh, even if I think there's a shot, then maybe it's actually legit, right?
1: Today's Rise. No, no offense. Hey,
2: I'm just defense.
1: I knew I was right for a long time. Today's Rise and Shout oh, Out offensive. to Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. How about Ashley Hatch? Amazing. Women's basketball.
2: Yep. All Women's ball
1: about cleaning up in the awards. All of it, baby. Our thanks to today's guests, Blaine Fowler Antique, and Tegan Graham. Sorry, Dennis. For Jeremiah Spencer. Shout Out to Ambrosia Anderson. We'll see you on AFR tonight on the BYU TV app.